Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report, the weekly preview coming out a little bit later. Just been trying to suss myself a new laptop to really get the setup going. So I do apologize for no NRL Power podcast. If you have been paying attention to those podcasts, you'll know that I've been doing an X Factor player of the round, a rising star nomination and a cause for concern. So I'll highlight those throughout this preview. But uh, yeah, I didn't get around to the NRL Power podcast. However, it is Thursday, the footy is about to start, so let's jump straight into the action. Kicking off the action tonight, we have the third-placed Cronulla Sharks hosting the Manly Seagulls, who are now sitting in sixth. They dropped their first two games of the season, but since then, Manly have gone four straight wins. For the Sharks, they are coming off a loss to the Storm in Melbourne, but other than that, the Sharks have won four out of their last five, so... Fair to say both teams in very good form. Seagulls missing a few players. Tom Trebojevic, the most notable. Marty Tapao out as well. But the Sharks, they're missing a couple as well. Dale Finucane. Uh, wow, cook that. Dale Finucan, uh, he will be out for this one. So we see that uh, Cameron McInnes is going to start at lock. Braden Ueli is out as well with a pictorial injury. So Royce Hunt comes back onto the bench. He's looked really impressive in the stints he has had. Uh, limited opportunities so far at first grade level this year, but Royce Hunt, a really quality player. For the Manly Seagulls, Morgan Harper, he is back in, and Toletau Cola is out. I'll have to double-check because they probably changed the team list now that it's about to kick off. They always love to do that in the NRL. Now, we also see that Taniela Paseca will be starting with Josh Aloye out. It's going to be an interesting battle with the coaches. Des Hasler up against Craig Fitzgibbon. Hasler with a proven track record, but Craig Fitzgibbon looks like a future master coach in his own right. So this is going to be a really interesting battle tactically. For the X Factor, I've gone Nico Hines from the Sharks. And the point of difference, I've taken COC for Talakai. He has been unbelievable. Potentially a bolter. For a New South Wales position, like I know he's probably a bit outside the realm at the moment, but he can cover back row and left centre, which obviously Latrell Mitchell out. A lot of guys in front of Talakai, but definitely if you want to consider guys who could be a bolter, then COC for Talakai is absolutely one of them. And look, I've gone the X Factor Hines and Talakai as the point of difference, but my prediction, I'm actually going to be taking Manly Seagulls. They are the underdogs in this one, but I'm not exactly sure. I just thought this is going to be a real tough one. And Des Hasler loves to fly under the radar. The Seagulls always go well when they are flying under the radar. And at the moment, that is exactly what is happening. So I'm really interested to see what the Cronulla Sharks can bring because they are in a great position on the ladder at the moment in third. And at the moment, they look like a top four side. So really exciting times for the Sharks fans. But for the Seagulls, four straight wins. If they win here, five straight wins. And yeah, they're just flying under the radar. So I think I'm going to have to take the underdogs, Manly Seagulls over the Cronulla Sharks in the Thursday night fixture. 
moving on to Friday, and we've got the Broncos hosting the Bulldogs. This was originally set to be a really interesting clash, now nonetheless more intriguing even, but the COVID thing with the Bulldogs, we've seen Jake Avarillo tested positive, uh, Brent Naden, a couple of others, so their whole squad has been ravaged. It seems like hopefully they are going to have quite a few guys who are able to play, which is a good result since they've got their test results back, but they're calling up some guys from New South Wales Cup level. Jacob Kiraz is one of them. I believe he's a young Lebanese uh, international. I think he played at the Nines. He was in the Knights system last year playing New South Wales Cup, but come over to the Dogs this season for an opportunity. That is exactly what it looks like he's going to get. Up against a Broncos side who, look, there's changes, but they haven't been forced changes. So they're going to be a lot more settled going into this game. And last time these sides played, it was in round two this year, with the Broncos getting the win 16-10. to The Bulldogs could not have this situation unfold at a worse time. They are now in 16th position with the West Tigers getting the win on Monday. Five straight losses for Canterbury and a really, really tough draw. This COVID situation has not helped at all. It's unfortunate that the club that is sitting last are the ones who've had to cop it, but that's just the way it goes at the moment. That is the current climate and all the clubs are in pretty similar situations. So unfortunate for the dogs, but I love that they're trying to field a full team. Respect for that. Uh, they're certainly not backing away from the challenge, which is a great sign that the Bulldogs are headed in the right direction. And I'm really excited to see some guys get a go. Let's see what they can do at NRL level. Hopefully one or two of these no-namers, or uh, no-namers is a bit disrespectful, maybe not household names by any stretch of the imagination, but if they can come out and really perform well at Suncorp Stadium against the Brisbane Broncos, well, then all of a sudden, hey, there's plenty of opportunity at the Bulldogs to force yourself into the side. And if there's not room at the Bulldogs, well, there are plenty of other clubs looking for talent at the moment. So I am very keen to sit down and watch this game. The Dogs team is to, to be continu- to be continuous, probably not the word, to be announced. Uh, still yet to see exactly what their formation is. For the Broncos, Tyson Gamble comes into the 5'8 jersey. We see Billy Walters moves back to the bench and Payne Huss returns. Uh, the NRL were just like, mate, you're on NRL 360. They're so upset about the thing with Albert Kelly. You're suspended. So, uh, yeah, Payne Huss is back. Huge inclusion for the Brisbane Broncos. Another big one, Herbie Farnworth is back. And the biggest inclusion, or at least the best feel-good one, Tamare Martin, having to retire a few years ago, incredibly talented young player, and had brain bleeding, concussion issues, had to retire at such a young age. It was definitely one of those tragic situations. He has been named at fullback for the Broncos, so earned himself a train and trial deal this year, and he impressed. He's been playing for Wynnum Manly in the Queensland Cup, and I'm stoked for him. Really, really good to see Tamari Martin back in the NRL, and a really interesting position, the Brisbane Broncos fullback position, obviously, I believe halves, the halves are where he's more suited to, but he has played fullback before. The Cowboys were playing him there shortly before he had to retire. And let's not forget the season where Jonathan Thurston was out and Matt Scott was out and the Cowboys went all the way to the grand final on the back of Michael Morgan. Tamari Martin was his halves partner. So 
Tamari Martin, an incredibly talented young kid, still got plenty of time ahead of him, so very stoked to see him back. And look, I'm going to go for the Brisbane Broncos. I think they're going to get a few big lifts from the changes that have been made. They're playing at home. And obviously the Bulldogs, it's it's just a pretty unfortunate situation for them in a game that I actually thought they would have been a massive chance in. But for the Friday night game, I will be taking the Brisbane Broncos to get it done for the second time this season over the Canterbury Bulldogs, who unfortunately sitting back in that very familiar 16th position. On to the Saturday game now in Townsville, the Queensland Derby, the seventh placed Cowboys hosting the Titans who are in 10th position. Not the start to the season they would have anticipated. They wanted to kind of take the competition by storm, but their defense has really let them down. There is no question that their attack is pretty elite on all levels. So look, it can get a lot better, but their attack is where it's at for them, but the defense is letting the Titans down. For the Cowboys, seventh position exceeding my my expectations and a lot of other people's as well. Griffin Neem returns to the side for the Cowboys on the bench, a young forward who is uh, Kiwis eligible. So I'm actually going to name Griffin Neem as a bolter for the World Cup this year. I believe he may be able to force his way into the New Zealand Kiwis World Cup squad. I'm not saying he's going to be in the teams, the best 17 that plays, but I think Griffin Neem definitely, he should be in the squad at the end of the year. Really promising young forward. For the Gold Coast, they have named the same 17. Jaden Campbell amongst the extended reserves, but Jermaine Azako retaining that fullback position, which I found really interesting. I'm not too sure. Maybe Jaden Campbell, he's young. It's going to take him time to grow into his frame. So, look, they're probably just taking precautions, but it, it is an interesting one. So, Jaden Campbell, I keep getting him sent to me as a trade offer on uh, Supercoach in our draft league, and I'm just like, not right now. I'm not exactly sure what's going on, but Jaden Campbell, too good to be playing reserve grade, but he doesn't have to play a full season as well. It's good to let him rest. You don't want to rush him back from injury, but Jaden Campbell, for me, he is definitely the number one option for fullback. And let's not forget that Azako is off to the Dolphins next year. So I think at the moment, they're just waiting for Jaden Campbell and not rushing him back, which I do think is the right call. Another thing that I'm going to be interested about is Billy Slater, the new Queensland State of Origin coach. He will be watching closely. No doubt special attention paid to the Queensland derbies when it comes to selecting the squads. Obviously, you watch every game if you're the coach and on that uh, selection staff. But no doubt, the Queensland derby, you're watching that. Not all the players are from Queensland, but you're watching the ones that are. You see who step up in those big moments and it's it's going to be interesting let's see if there are any queensland eligible players the likes of maybe a tom dearden who really put their name in the selection mix very interesting times ahead i don't want to get too speculative on origin at this point though i'm going to jump on to the x factor battle in this game and that is in the halves i've been hugely impressed with tom dearden and chad townsend that has exceeded my expectations like now I'm starting to understand why Tom Dearden was thought about as such a highly regarded young talent at the Brisbane Broncos before they just unceremoniously were like, latest. Uh, And Chad Townsend, he got dropped at the Sharks last year, came over, finished the season at the Warriors, 
was injury, like having injuries and stuff and not in the best form at all. Probably like, you know, his form wasn't that bad, but it was probably the worst form of his career or potentially up there because he's always been very consistently good. So Chad Townsend coming across this year, question marks on that. And Scott Drinkwater being left out of the mix when it came to the halves. He's now in the fullback uh, role. But the halves battle, like Tom Dearden and Chad Townsend. I've been amazed with how they've gone. Chad Townsend has come over, and now it looks like he's playing some of the best footy of his career. He's a premiership winning halfback at the Cronulla Sharks as well, so he knows what it takes to get it done on the big stage. And Tom Dearden is just flourishing, having that experienced head playing alongside him. For the Titans, they have AJ Brimson and Toby Sexton. Two very highly talented young stars. Brimson already having played for the Queensland Maroons before. Toby Sexton, no doubt going to be in the mix for the halfback jersey once Daly Cherry Evans eventually retires or steps aside. So two very promising young halves. Gold Coast have gone all in as these guys being their halves combination for probably the next decade if everything pans out the way they want it to. But... It's a different kind of variable because this is two really quality young stars. And of course, Brimson does have quite a bit of experience now, but most of his games have been played at fullback. And just the combination, like Dearden has that experienced halfback alongside him, whilst for the Titans, it's two highly exciting young players, but not as level or cool-headed as someone like Chad Townsend. So very interested in the halves battle this weekend. Two relatively young coaches in their career, Todd Payton and Justin Holbrook. Both of them, I think, are the guys that can turn these clubs around as long-term coaches. So it's going to be interesting to see which of them can get the upper hand over one another. The Ford Pack battle, no doubt, is going to be a big one. Tino Fasuma Laawe, guys like Bo Fermor, David Fafita, up against the likes of Jason Taumalolo, Ruben Cotter, who I've been hugely impressed with. Jordan McLean, who this might be his last season at the Cowboys. So overall, this is a great Queensland derby, 7th versus 10th. So still very much in live for finals, both of them. And whoever wins can start to really focus on their next assignment and building wins and really stringing together some form that can keep you in the eight and have you there in the season when it matters. So Huge game coming up, cannot be understated, the fact that this is a very big one for both the Cowboys and the Titans. It's made it very hard for me to make a prediction, but I'm going to go the North Queensland Cowboys. I think the Titans have a lot to offer in attack, but defensively I do have question marks still over that. For the Cowboys, can they capitalize on that and exploit that? Some of their form in attack has been a bit, I guess, lacking and it showed in the Warriors game where they weren't able to crack the Warriors line at certain points. So this it's a great stylistic matchup, I guess you could say. I'm taking the Cowboys. Not hugely confident on this one. But yeah, I think if the Titans don't show up defensively, then the Cowboys will be able to exploit that. I like the Cavs combination of Townsend and Dearden. So North Queensland Cowboys over the Titans. On to the next game, the 15th placed West Tigers. Congratulations. Genuinely happy to see the video of them singing the team song after the game. I actually had to work, so I didn't get to see it. But yeah, feels good, man. 
feels good, even for me. I'm like, I don't want to come on my podcast like twice a week and yeah, have to talk shit about these guys to some degree. So yeah, great to see. 15th place Tigers. Can they get another win over the Rabbitohs who currently sit in 8th place? I think they can. The West Tigers traditionally have actually been a real danger side for the Rabbitohs. And this is one I think proceed with caution. Write the Tigers off here at your own peril. I'm not saying they are going to win though. The Tigers did have their first win though, so definitely that is something to be celebrated. And I just wanted to pull up a comment from Benji Marshall earlier in the year that Luke Brooks was going to be the Delium halfback of the year. Maybe Benji was onto something, but Madge moving Luke Brooks to 5'8", Jackson Hastings to halfback, that worked an absolute treat. Could Luke Brooks be the Delium 5'8 of the year? Probably not, but man, that, look, that looks like the go, definitely at this point. There's also the Michael Maguire Rabbitohs connection. He won that premiership with them as a coach. So look, a lot of the boys in that squad, it's been a big turnover in terms of their list, but a lot of the guys still would have a relationship with Michael Maguire. So that's an interesting connection. Last year, there was that game with that try at the end. I believe Tom Burgess scored and then he, they thought he lost it and Luke Brooks ran the field and then it went to video referee and Tom Burgess had scored. So yeah, crazy game. I think this is going to be a wild game coming up this weekend. As I said, the Tigers are a danger side for the Rabbitohs. The X factor for the Tigers got to be Jackson Hastings. His return lifted the side to another level. The West Tigers look like a much, much better side with Jackson Hastings in it. And I think he will really be buoyed next year by the inclusions of Api Korosau, Isaiah Papali'i. And yeah, the Tigers are getting another couple of guys as well. Watch this space. I don't have inside information. Round six, Damian Cook was going to be my NRL power X-Factor player of the round. He tore it up with three tries, reminded everyone why he is going to be the New South Wales Blues dummy half come origin time. Damian Cook, just unreal. If he plays anywhere close to how he played in that Good Friday game against the Bulldogs last weekend, then the Tigers could have all sorts of headaches on their hands. Do you have headaches on your hands? Do you have them in your head? Ask yourself these questions, people. And another question, what's my prediction, you're asking? My prediction is the Rabbitohs. I am actually a bit hesitant about this one, but just I, I can't go the Tigers yet. I can't go the Tigers yet, unfortunately. But good luck to the Tigers. How awesome will it be if you guys get two wins in a row? I'm going to take the Rabbitohs, though. Rabbitohs over Tigers. Damian Cook, the X Factor, of course, in my NRL power for round six. And I also do a rising star, which is a young star that I nominate for yeah the end of season it's just going to be one not just a sports report rising star plenty of nominations have happened already isaac tago taylor may jeremiah nanai to name a few but for round six i chose matthew fagai from the dragons the young winger he also has a twin brother max at the club he scored a double on the weekend against the knights in a must-win game for the dragons he also scored the ceiling try where they all went wild at the end and that really builds team morale. That you could tell, like this is a team that get around each other and he's a young star. He had played in the Australian schoolboy side with guys like Sam Walker and Reese Walsh. So now Matthew Fagar really stepping up and showing why he's such a highly promising talent 
and he was my Rising Star nomination for round six. I also had a cause for concern, not the Tigers. Booyah, no concerns there. Hell yeah, Tigers are really, really good for you guys. Uh, actually stoked about that. But my cause for concern, look, I haven't gone into that club's game for the weekend, so I'm going to hold the cause for concern for round six. And look, I'll make it for going into round seven. So once I get to that game, I will jump a little bit into the team that I am most concerned about at the moment. The footy is actually about to start, so I've got to get through these next four games. Let's not get into too many tangents. Jumping on to Sunday, the 11th place Newcastle Knights badly needing a win, hosting the 4th placed Eels coming off a loss on Monday to the West Tigers. A short turnaround for the wounded Eels. We see yet another option on the left wing yet again. I, don't, I can't even count. I'm losing track. They have a new guy there every game. This time it is the former Warrior, Hayes Perham. And I'm a big fan of his, so happy to see him get the shot in the NRL. He's performed well whenever he gets a shot, so he's developing nicely. For the Knights, Kalen Ponga signing for five years. The Dolphins not getting their man, and he has committed to the Knights long term. As I said, I'm not going to go into too many tangents, but... Great news for Newcastle, I'll say that. Great news for Newcastle, that is a good amount of time, five years to build a team around Kalen Ponga. Look, a premiership side, probably not at the moment, but if they can get some wins together, like I'm not discrediting them as a team, but five years is plenty of time. They have some really quality guys throughout that side and they can build into a premiership force. So great signs from the Knights. They will get a huge lift going into this weekend. And let's not forget... The biggest news of the week for the Knights, Adam Clune is back in the halfback role. Phoenix Crossland back to the bench. And the Knights coming off that loss to the Dragons. So they are going to be very fired up. Both sides coming off a loss and going to be really keen to get the win. For my key battle, I have gone Kurt Mann up against Nathan Brown. The two lock forwards. Different styles, like Nathan Brown, maybe not that ball-playing modern-day lock. More so like a front rower type, whereas Kurt Mann, gee whiz, he's played everywhere. I, I actually think he's played everywhere. Fullback, yes. He's played wing, yes. He's played in the centres, yep. He's played 5'8", yeah. Surely he's fucking played halfback at some point throughout his tenure in first grade. He's played as a front rower coming off the bench at the Dragons, just, you know, taking hit-ups in the middle before the modern-day lock kind of vibe was a thing. Uh... And has he played in the second row? Well, he plays as a lock. I don't know if he's played as an edge back rower. He's definitely played as a dummy half. So, Kurt Mann, wow we Modern day Kurt Gidley, but he can do it all. He can do it all. And Nathan Brown, it's strictly a middle forward front rower operator. So, I think that's a really interesting battle. Kurt Mann could be a real interesting kind of point of difference, especially when my main point of difference going into this game is fatigue. Short turnaround for the Eels. The Knights, look, they've got injuries themselves. They don't have Jaden Braley. And it's a bit of an interesting scene down there at Newcastle at the moment. So once fatigue sets in, I think someone like Kurt Mann could be a real game breaker. So it's something to watch. As far as my X factor, I've taken the Eels halves, Dylan Brown and Mitch Moses. If there is a halves combination that can lead Parramatta to a premiership, 
I genuinely think it can be these two. So I'm actually really high on this combination. And look, the Eels, they had the loss against the Tigers, but I don't read into that a great deal. That's just kind of a Parramatta vibe. But then it's like, oh, yeah, they're prone to that. And then it's like, what what are they going to do come finals time? But everything's relative. I believe you get yourself in the top eight, and obviously the top four sides have advantages and things like that. But once you're in the eight, anyone in the top eight can win the grand final. None of this nonsense like, oh, once the flat track bullies the Seagulls, once they get into the eight, uh, they're just going to lose to the big teams. It's different. Like, yeah, there's stats, there's everything. It's different. It's always a different set of players. It's a different set of circumstances. So, yep, there's a tangent. Sorry, I said I wasn't going to go on any. The Knights are due for a win, so I think they are a real danger side here for Parramatta. Parramatta are prone to losing these kinds of games, so could be a great bet going on the Knights as underdogs. Parramatta need a response, though, and my prediction, I'm going to be taking the Parramatta Eels, not with a great deal of confidence, but overall, I still think there are some really good times ahead for them. They're battling their injury crisis quite well, and look, the regular season, you do lose some games. The Tigers, they needed a win. They were just dragging everyone down to their level. So I think the Eels can get it done, but it's going to be a really close game. Taking Parramatta, moving on to Sunday. The first-place Penrith Panthers hosting the 12th-placed Canberra Raiders. As I said earlier, I'm going to jump into my cause for concern. That is the Canberra Raiders. I'm not, like, it's not doom and gloom like they've got great young players it is a transition period to bring a lot of these young players through guys like jared croker and things there are a lot of interesting dynamics josh hodgson i think ricky stewart should be given time like he was given time to build the club and he made it something great I'm, i'm still a big ricky stewart fan and i think he's making an effort now to establish some of these younger guys as first graders but Overall, across the competition, like the Tigers had a win. The Bulldogs, I still think, show good signs. And the Raiders, like, if they're going well, they should be somewhere where, like, the Cronulla Sharks are, like, up in that top four, at least in the top eight. Like, what we have seen from them isn't isn't what I expect from the Canberra Raiders. Very lackluster so far. And in my season preview, where I went through every club, and did like a bit of a podcast on each club and where I thought they'd finish. I said the Raiders would finish 10th, and I was really hoping, as they are my second team, genuinely, so I was really hoping they would prove me wrong. But after last season, and even this year, and the players' wives coming out and bagging the coach and things like that, and just little things which I don't read into too much, but something just feels a little bit off at the Raiders. And so that is why they are my cause for concern. This is a huge test. Let's see where they are at up against the Penrith Panthers. This is where the Raiders need to respond. Can they win? Like, yeah, absolutely they can. As I was saying before, any game is relative. You just have to show up on the day. But the Panthers, I'm expecting them to be far too good for the Canberra Raiders. So the test here is for the Raiders to just be competitive and make it a really quality game. The Panthers, they have been 10 out of 10, and they are still improving rapidly. So, look, they are the pick for the Premiership at the moment. My preseason prediction was the Roosters, but if you're going on form, it's just like, wow. Panthers, 
easily the best team in the competition right now, but there are some teams that are starting to, you know, climb up and improve themselves. So I am loving the season so far, and I'm glad there is still plenty to come. The Raiders have lost four of their last five. If they lose this, then five of their past six. They need to get their act together. If they want to play finals, it can be a building year, and the Panthers is a very tough ask, but... Yeah, a lot of changes as well. So this one, I'm keen to watch every game this weekend. As funnily enough, I am every weekend. But especially so this weekend, some good narratives throughout the entire round. And Raiders, Chance Nicole Klukstad to the bench. Xavier Savage onto the wing. And Jordan Rapiner to fullback, where he does a lot of big effort plays. I think he is going to be in for a really big game at fullback. The Raiders are also going to be debuting the young Englishman Harry Rushton, who they've had in their system for a couple of years now. Signed him, I believe he was from Wigan, which is where John Bateman was from. And look, Rushton, there was high hopes from him, and he'd been playing well. I've highlighted him in the NRL Power podcasts a bit earlier this season. His defense, he stepped it up at New South Wales Cup level. So Harry Rushton, finally going to get to see him make his Raiders debut. Rapana, as I mentioned, to fullback. Xavier Savage onto the wing. Can the Raiders be competitive? Look, I think so. But overall, just going on what we've seen from both of them, and mainly I can't tip against the Panthers. Like, I just cannot go against the Panthers right now against anyone. And the Raiders, I went last week against the Cowboys. And at this point, I'm like, I don't know if I can go the Raiders from what they've been showing me. So... I am going to be taking the Penrith Panthers over the Raiders here. Penrith quickly becoming one of the great sides of the modern era. They are not fading away. They are not some short, quick flash in the pan. They look like they are here to stay as a powerhouse club going forward. So, look, I think the Panthers are going to be too good here for the Raiders, but very keen to see that one go down. And that leaves us with the two games on Anzac Day that I'm going to jump into. Should be very fun, and hopefully I can get myself to the Melbourne Storm and Warriors game to cheer on the New Zealand Warriors. But first of all, let me get into the other Anzac Day game taking place in Sydney. We have the Dragons up against the Roosters in the traditional Anzac Day fixture. Always a very big game on the calendar. The Roosters and the Dragons, but I know definitely the Roosters especially, treat this fixture very seriously and with a high level of importance. So one of those NRL games where it's closer of a representative level vibe to it than just a regular season game of footy. So it should be a great one. Time to jump into the Dragons. Let me turn my page. Sorry about that. Where are the Dragons? 13th. 13th place. On, they really needed that win, and they did get it against the Knights, but they are still sitting in 13th, so they... Can't afford to kind of diddy-daddle around. They need to get to it on Anzac Day, which realistically, you know, it's all about paying respect. But when it comes to the footy, it's all about getting to it as well. So they really do need to get to it. For the Roosters, they sit in fifth place. They have shown that they are beatable. But last weekend, they were quality again, getting it done over the Warriors. For the Dragons, they've got the same 17 in this game. And Tarek Sims, who's in the back row, has signed with the Melbourne Storm, it is being reported, for 2023. And it's being said that 
They are trying to make it happen immediately to get Tarek Sims straight over to the Melbourne Storm. That would be a huge transfer. For transfer. And Tarek Sims is the perfect kind of guy to come into that Melbourne Storm side. That is going to make them significantly stronger. I think that is a great signing, especially with a lot of experienced Fords like the Bromwich brothers. Uh, they're leaving next season. Nelson Asofa-Solomona has signed a Japanese rugby deal. So maybe he comes back, but maybe uh, like he could be very well out the door next season. Felice Kafusi off to the Dolphins as well. Brandon Smith leaving the club. Obviously, in the last few years, we've seen Cameron Smith, Cooper Cronk, Billy Slater go alongside so many others. So they're bringing a whole crop of new stars through. The young ones like Hughes. Oh, Hughes is still relatively young. So is Munster, Harry Grant, Pappenhausen. Xavier Coates, like they are building another amazing storm side and they need some experience in there in the Ford pack. Tarek Sim fits that bill perfectly. That is a quality signing. This should be a really tough game between the Dragons and the Roosters. My one to watch for this game, someone who I'm sure will get a Rising Star nomination at some stage this season. Jason, Jason Suwali does not exist. Wow, I'll keep that in. That's a laugh. Joseph Suwali. Um, but yeah, you've, you've heard his name before. Apparently I haven't, Jason. But yeah, we've already heard plenty of hype. I know he's still young, so I don't want to get around him too hard. But he is one to watch out on that rooster's right wing. Up against Matthew Fagai as well, the round six rising star. So that's actually going to be a great battle to watch between two quality rising stars. The key battle for me... That is in the Fords. I think the Roosters have the better Ford pack. But the Dragons, that's where they need to stand up. They're going to have to stand up and own the battle, have the momentum when it comes to the exchanges of the props running at each other, the edgeback rowers, like exploiting guys like Sam Walker. That's what the Dragons are going to have to do. And the Roosters, look, they're just a quality organization. They're going to show up and they're definitely going to put the pressure on a dragon side that have been struggling as of late. My X factor is James Tedesco. I think he's the one who's going to be able to break the game open. He just always, always performs, and that takes his side a huge way toward winning the game. And on a day like Anzac Day, leadership is important. He is the captain. He has grown into that role very well. The New South Wales Blues captain as well, so... Very interesting. Very, very interesting. James Tedesco, I think he could be the Australian Kangaroos captain at the end of the year. Depends what happens with Daly Cherry Evans and Nathan Cleary. That'll be very interesting come the World Cup. But it's not quite World Cup time yet. Let's get to the Anzac Day prediction. I am going to be taking the Sydney Roosters over the Dragons. Roosters my preseason prediction to take out the Premiership, so... I'm going to get them to, uh, take them to get it done. Can't even speak English. Too excited about Anzac Day and the game. Can't wait to pay my respects. And hopefully the Roosters pay their respects with a fantastic win. Sydney Roosters over the Dragons. Time to get to the game I am most excited for and also very, very nervous about. The Melbourne Storm in Melbourne, the city that I live in, up against the team that I support. The Warriors coming to town fucking oath as far as this game 
Ah, like I'm, I'm, I got to get myself there to chair for the Warriors, get myself some really good seats. I'm either going to get really close to the action or I'm going to sit in the Warriors away supporter game uh, bay. But I also don't mind getting amongst enemy territory. The Storm fans are passionate, aggressive, sore losers. I remember we beat them one year. And yeah, one guy said to me on the train, don't you think you got on the wrong carriage because I was wearing a Warriors jersey? It's just like, how many fucking premierships have you guys won? We haven't even won one, you know? And like, I respect the Storm a lot. They're actually one of my favorite teams. But I could have gone low. I could have brought up the salary cap. I could, you know, I was like, man, let me enjoy my win. It's Anzac Day, man. It's Anzac Day. Can you just chill out? So yeah. I don't mind the thought of getting amongst enemy territory. And you know what? I'll just go full James Hooper level. I'll read his article. I'll take 25 reasons with me to hate the storm and fucking, yeah. Yeah, so be careful, storm fans. But if you see me at the game, just be nice, you know? Like, I, the storm are going to probably flog us. But yeah, that's fine. We're, we're, we've never won a premiership, so just chill out we are building though the warriors it's going to be a very tough game for us the storm are on another level my key battle i've gone the middle forwards matt lodge adam fenua blake up against the likes of jesse bromwich and nelson asofa solomona and the two lock forwards josh king and josh curran that is going to be a really great matchup in the middle my x factor i've taken harry grant you could pick a number of stars from the Storm side, but I think as far as a Warriors fan, Harry Grant is the one, or Grant, 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 I don't know. Who knows? Uh, could probably easily find it out. Just depends how you want to say it. So lost it there a bit. Harry Grant, Axe ax Factor player. Oh, blimey. Blimey. Axe Factor player is Harry Grant. I'm going to move on from that one. Point of difference. There we go. Brandon Smith, the hectic cheese coming off the bench. Uh, I'm very nervous as a Warriors fan. The Storm in the recent seasons have just absolutely owned us. They really are on another level. So for my prediction, for the second time this season, I'm going against the Warriors. It was successful for me last weekend. And I'm just going to have to get myself there and chair. To balance out going against them, I'm not going to bet against them. It's like $1.10 as well. If anything, I'll probably bet on them. But prediction-wise, I'm going to take the Melbourne Storm. I try to be as fair as possible with my picks. So taking the Storm, supporting the Warriors. Those are all eight games for the round. So thanks for bearing with me. I will have my new laptop tomorrow. So NRL Power Podcast out this weekend. Plenty of other stuff coming out as well. I'll have the weekly preview out a lot earlier and going forward, a much higher level of consistency. So very, very exciting times ahead. This should be a great round. And yeah, that's all for now. So enjoy round seven, all the action that is to come in the footy. We are about to switch on the Manly Seagulls game and Cronulla Sharks. And when I say we, myself and JJ, who's sitting here, uh, we just tried to smash through it a bit rapidly. He usually he joins me for the weekly preview, but we thought we'd get through it get to the footy so about to watch the sharks and the seagulls and yeah let's get into this weekend of footy hopefully your team plays well this weekend and until next time take care